As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California, subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois. Welcome to the Capitals Face-Off Podcast, presented by Commuter Connections. Hey there, Cats fans, and welcome to another edition of the Capitals Face-Off Podcast. I am your host, the Capitals correspondent, J.J. Regan. With me, he's the Capitals insider. He is the grumpy to my Snow White. He is Tariq Al-Bashir. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm not even sure where to go with that. Um, but if you want to be Snow White, by all means, be Snow White. Actually, most people will probably describe me as grumpy. Anyway. You, also are, you are very pale. I am very pale. Yeah, like you, you get sunburned in like I, two oh, seconds. In the shade. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, so, Tark, Yo. it is the off season. You got any summer plans? Summer plans, um, nothing huge, but, you know, the off season doesn't last very long. Yeah. And there's always stuff going on. And this summer, especially with the Caps with 11 free agents and potential for other stuff going on. Um, to be a pretty busy summer. Are you going anywhere? I've got a few weddings to go to and a bachelor party. You're still at that age, aren't you? I'm still at that age where, I mean, I think I have six weddings between now and the end of the year. <laughs> Everybody I know is getting married. And yep. the funny part about it is that for the first three or so, my wife can't go to any of those. So all these trips I'm going on, she's staying here because she's very pregnant. Oh, wow. I, I remember those the, those years. It's like between 26 and about 31 yep. where you spend all of your disposable income flying to other people's weddings. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and um, when, when you go to private school, it, you know, there, these are some nice weddings with some uh, expectations for gifts. <laughs> yeah. yeah right. it, got, it got to add up a lot, but um, uh, it's fun. Yeah. It's fun. You know what, what's also fun? Oh, no. Yeah. Community connections. Uh, there we go. A couple clicks is all it takes to share a ride to work. When you want, where you want for free at communityconnections.org or 800-745-RIDE. The Carpool Now app is now available. I, I wonder if like the VP of Commuter Connections <laughs> is aware of if your... anything, uh, they must love these problem. because we talk about You're it right. so much longer than we would have otherwise. True. All right, so today we're going to talk about how the four Caps players who played in the World Championship fared. We're going to go over each of the Caps' free ages and talk about whether they will be back next season. Okay. We'll look at some possible prospects who could have an impact in the NHL next season. And uh, we're going to take a look at what's going on in the NHL playoffs right now. But first, Tarek, momentous occasion. We have a review. All right. 
You seem excited. A review of what? My uh, our podcast. Oh, I told you I read these reviews. I, I thought you were like going to give me like a, a job performance review. Like, oh, like on the <laughs> yeah. podcast. I was like, uh, <laughs> I have. I are have you my your, boss? <laughs> I have your performance review right here. No, um, we have a review. It is from Lisa Desiree, the frequent contributor. What up, Lisa? Uh, from this is from last week's podcast. Thought I would dread listening to th- this latest podcast. I have to say it lifted my spirits, made me laugh at times, and gave great insight to the postseason and the year ahead. Hope they continue throughout the summer as I still need my caps VIX. Well, good news, Lisa. Yeah, thank you. Good news, Lisa. We will be doing this once a week, so you will still get plenty of your caps fix, and we will have content every day up on the website. But thank you for that review. Yeah, and- that was awesome. Thank you. Thank you very much. We do really appreciate it. And it does get read because this was brought to my attention by someone who is higher up than me on the food chain. Which is not hard to do. So thank you very much. All right, Tark. So, Nicholas Basham. Yes. A world champion. Yeah, he looked pretty happy, didn't he? Looked pretty happy. Evgeny Kuznetsov and Dmitry Orlov, bronze medalist. Phil Grubauer, put on, he didn't win anything, but he put on a good performance. Yeah, good numbers. Uh, before we get too deep into this, Tark, tell me... Just the setup of the NHL season makes this feel like a consolation prize. Mm-hmm. How much does the World Championship actually mean to these players? I would say to the European players, it means a lot. Uh, you know, they'll tell you they they grew up watching the I, IHF tournaments. It's a big deal to them. Uh, the Olympics are a bigger deal to them than it is to the North Americans. I think um, you know the Americans and the Canadians. Sure, a gold medal's cool, but they grew up wanting to hoist the Stanley Cup. Um, that's not necessarily the, the case for, um, for for Europeans. They they they've dreamed of winning gold for their country, so it is a much bigger deal to players born outside of North America, and it's definitely a consolation prize for the players born in North America. Though I, I will say, anytime you are called upon by your uh, by your country to come play, if you're able to, uh, you should. You you, you should, um, and, and that's why. You, you know, I, I you look at those rosters, and uh, I mean, those are some good players. I mean, if you're not in the playoffs, uh, you were in the World Championships. It's a lot of fun to watch. Um, you know, it's cool also because you know the games are in the morning because of the time right. difference yeah, a yeah. lot. So yep. so you know, kind of <laughs> you get to watch two games before the Stanley Cup playoff games come on. So I mean, it it, it is a consolation prize. Uh, like I said, for for um for the North Americans. I, at the same time, I mean, if you ask Nicholas Backstrom, would he trade you know his his two World Championship gold medals? For holding the Stanley Cup above his head one time, oh, you wouldn't even get the question out of your mouth before yeah. he said yes. Right. So, I, I would say if you were ranking for a professional hockey player, Stanley Cup, gold medal, Olympic, 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 medal, Olympic medal, yes, and then you might you got to throw the World Cup in there somewhere now. I mean, it's a new thing, but you know, it's, mm. it's still best on best. This yeah. is not best on best, right? When, when, I mean, when, every, every once in a while I would look at, you know, I would, I'd be watching the game and maybe doing something in the background and I'd be like, who was that? When yeah. the game clinching shootout goal gets scored on Calvin Picard, yes. then you know it's not exactly best on best. And in your rankings uh, of awards, of course, you forgot the top one, which is the President's Trophy. Anyway, uh, Nick, you were such a jilted, <laughs> jaded. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Bitter Caps fan. 
Um, Nicholas Backstrom looked yes. fantastic with Willie Nylander. Wow. Boy, did they have some chemistry together. I mean, it almost looked like uh, Willie Nylander, you know, grew up on the knee of Nicholas Backstrom. Well, he did. Oh, well, he kind of did. Yeah, he kind of did. I, I mean, I remember when I covered this team um, uh, for, the, for the post years ago, I mean, I remember watching young Nylander out there with Dad after practice, the way you see Jay Beagle and the other guys with their players. The difference was... Michael was coaching William. Like, it wasn't, hey, go take a little twirl. It was, all right, here's what we're going to do, son. Right. You're going to stick handle 100 times through these through these pucks that I have placed three inches from one another. Um, and clearly it's paid off because watching, uh, you know, th- th- there, was, there was one goal in particular. I mean, obviously they had great chemistry, but there was one goal in particular, a give and go in the slot that I know someone made a gif of that was unreal. I want to say it was in the semifinal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, William Nylander is not available and will no. not be available for a very long time. Not, not for a very long time. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like this takedown of Henrik Lundqvist, too. That was, <laughs> yeah, that was really great. You know, the youngest player taking down the oldest player. You know everyone in New York was cringing at right. that, going, oh, gosh, get off him. Um, <laughs> oh, I definitely watched to make sure he got back up, yeah, but that right. was a pretty hard hit. Uh, more heartbreak for Evgeny Kuznetsov and Dmitry Orlov. Well, I mean, they were up to nothing in the yeah. semifinal over Canada, heading into the third period, and uh, losing that game, but the silver lining in that is that you can't blame Ovechkin this time because he was not there. Uh, that's true. I, I I wouldn't say. I mean, I still think the better team won there. Yeah. Um, uh, you would have liked to see them, you know, advance. Uh, but a, a, at the same time, the one thing I would say for a young player like Kuznetsov and a uh, young player like Dmitry Orlov is, anytime you're able to gain international experience, yes, if you're healthy. I mean, if they were still playing for the Capitals, they'd be in the third round, right? They'd be in the conference final. So these guys were were you know had planned to be playing at this point of the year anyway. So you go get a, you know, go get five, six, seven games, whatever it was. Probably I think it was like five for those guys because they joined in progress. Um, that's good competition. It's not yes. best on best. It's not the best players in the world, but it's still better than sitting at home. Than sitting at home, I think. Yeah. And you know, it's 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 a it's a good you, you get to give good service to your to your country. And you play some good competition, and hopefully you, you you learn a little. We didn't know what Dmitry Orlov looked like heading into the season. He gets uh, the World Cup, gets to play a prominent role on that team, Russia. Yes. I think it definitely helped him ascend into a top four role. It, it helped it helped his confidence, no For doubt sure. about it. Uh, Phil Grubauer probably helped his uh, Vegas stock a little bit with his performance. He looked good. He looked good against Canada in the quarterfinals, putting up 48 saves <laughs> in what ended up to be a losing effort. You know who didn't look good? Germany's defense. Yeah, geez. Uh, so can't put that on him. But I thought it was a pretty good outing for all four of those players. Sure. They they uh, looked good. All right, Tark. We're going to look at the free agents for the Caps and say what we think should happen, what should happen, take a look at each of these guys. Sure. We're going to start with the UFAs, and we're going to start with the big, big question, the big UFA on the market, TJ. Oshi. All right. TJ Oshi was tied for the team leading goals with 33 this season, finished the season with 56 points. He is, yep, he is 30 years old and coming off a contract that paid average cap hit of just over 4 million. He is going to be due quite a bit more than that on this contract. So, Tarek, TJ Oshi. I certainly make the phone call, obviously. Mm-hmm. You, you, you want to feel them out, you want to see what it takes. TJ Oshi meant. A lot to this team from a stat sheet standpoint. Uh, it, you know, he scored 33 goals, I believe, in what 68 games. He missed a lot of time, and he's still 
was the Capitals um, you know, tied with Ovechkin for, for, for the lead in goals, uh, scored timely goals, one of the best forwards on the forecheck, plays harder than anyone on the team. I know I've said that a number of times, and I'll stand by it. He plays harder than anyone else on that Caps team. And that's not a knock on anyone else. He just has another level of intensity, um, another, another level of uh, joy and want to that I think is kind of infectious. And um, uh, those are those little kind of intangibles that, uh, you know, certainly add to a player's value and, um, you know, make them a desirable uh, uh, piece on the market. I, If I'm the Capitals, I have questions. I have major reservations about this. Yes. Uh, he's 30 years old. Mm-hmm. Players don't typically get better on the other side of 30. Yep. He had a career year in a contract year. That always raises a red flag for me as well. Yes. Uh. He had a shoulder injury this year. He's not a very big man. Um, with the way he plays, this would be like going to a used car dealership and seeing a really nice-looking Porsche there, but you, you check the Carfax, and it's got some high miles, and look at the you know previous owners. They were kind of young. I don't know. You know, I mean, I just feel like those are some hard miles on TJ's body. Yep. Um, he's also going to be one of the more attractive players on the market, which means that his price, once he hits the open market, if he gets to that point, um, you're going to be in competition with other teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say stay involved. Maybe if you can you know, get a deal that's in term that you find palatable, and I would say that's anything over four years is going to make me cringe a little bit. Yep, given his age, um, you said he he was at four point one seven five this year. Anything over six is going to make me go. Ugh. Yeah, and I think he's going to get more from other teams. And I think if you're the Capitals, as much as it would hurt to see that kind of production and that type of player walk out the door, you kind of have to decide. You know, are are you are you building for right now? Are you trying to contend next year, or do you need to kind of retool a little bit and try to? And try to surround your existing star players with, you know, some more ability. I mean, and then, you know, another question: How long have they been looking for a right right wing to play on that top line yeah. since Mike Knubel? Yep. And they finally found one. Are you going to pass? I, I don't know. It's a really it's a really difficult decision. But I would say, if I'm making the decision, unless the deal is one of those deals where you look at it, and you go, you got to do that. If it, I don't get into a bidding war, I went into breakdown day saying there is no possible way that they can keep him. There, there's just, with their cap constraints, there's just no way they can afford him. Listening to him at breakdown day, I thought, okay, maybe there's a chance. Because he made it clear, and he wasn't hedging his bets like Kevin Shankirk was, who was saying, yeah, I like it here, yeah, if they offered, I'd like to return, but, you know, I'm very excited for free agency. No, T.J. Oshie was very clear that he wanted to stay here. But th- there's so many other things that go into it. Oh, I mean, yes, c- there c- are. Could he take a little bit of of a uh, hometown discount? Perhaps. But you get a lot of pressure from the PA not to do that. Yes, uh, you do. Y- your agent, y- you pay him 3 or 4% of your, of your salary to protect you from you sometimes, too. And if you start calling your agent and asking them, no, you know, He'll listen, and they'll go. All right, listen. This is this is this is what you pay me to do, and here's a better fit for you on another good team that's going to pay you a lot more money and make sure a whole another generation of Oshis never have to work. I I, I think I think it's going to be a difficult call, but I think he's going to get more money somewhere else. 
There, there's no question. I think the most the Caps could pay him, the most, is probably six a year. And even then, that's going to be hard to fit. And he's going to command 6.5 to $7 million on the open market just because the, the free agency market is, is weak this year. I mean, they've already got like $50 million committed to next year. I know. Let's say it goes to $75 million a cap. You don't have a whole lot of money to play with there. you got if, all these restricted to resign. I, I just don't see it. I don't see how, the, how they make the math work. If the Caps are going to pursue the Cup next year, which we believe they will, we don't think they're, they're going to tear this down and rebuild next year, they have to at least start the talks with Oshie and see what he would be willing to come here for. I have a feeling that it's going to be too high because he's going to his he and his agent are going to realize just how much he can make on the open market, and it's going to be too high. So I really don't think he will be back, but I think there is at least a chance. And then the question is, how do you replace those thirty-three goals? Who plays on that top line? It's a tough question. I think if you can get it done for a team-friendly deal, get it done. But I don't see how that could happen. All right, let's move on to. Justin Williams, the man who has won just about everywhere but here. He is at the end of a two-year deal. He is also a free agent. Tarek. He'll be 36 before the season begins. I do not see how Justin Williams is the capital next season. I I think the math is difficult on him as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, He is, however, at the age where winning means a little more than money. Yep. He's earned a lot of money. Got a cool nickname. (laughs) Stick. Stick and Mr. Game 7, 7-1, seven uh, which is still phenomenal. Um, pretty darn good. <laughs> pretty darn good. Um, Going to be 36 before the start of next season. I think that his leadership could mean more to a team that feels like it's on the cusp. If he could, you know, I, I could see him, you know, attracting a, a, an offer of, of two years. I thought he, you know, he got, got off to a slow start this year. I mean, there, there was some genuine concern of, of, about him in October and November. He ended up with 24 goals, mm-hmm. 24 assists, I believe. I believe it was 48 points. I could see the Capitals offer him a one-year deal to stay at less than 3.5, obviously, because of their cap constraints. Again, he's another guy who I think is going to get better offers from other places. Yes. If he gets two year, a two-year offer from another team, you say to yourself, if you're him, uh, that's a pretty good opportunity. It's a team that, that's ready to win, and it's two years. You, you take it. If it's a two-year offer from a team that, Maybe okay, may contend, maybe not. Eh. And the Capitals are talking about, you know, maybe the Capitals are talking about, you know, taking another kick at the can and bringing some guys back. Yep. But we can only give you one year at two million, Justin. That's a tough decision for him. Mm. Um, if I had to guess right now, I would say he gets more term and more money somewhere else. Again, gone. He will certainly get a better offer from someone else. It depends on how much he wants to return here. And maybe the offer isn't as low as perhaps I think it is if they find out, talk to Oshi and realize that, that that's going nowhere, that he's going to free agency. And there is something to be said about that. He has that mental aspect. He has that leadership that the Cavs so desperately need. Now, it didn't come to fruition this year. They still lost in Game 7 to Pittsburgh Penguins, but there is that element of I leadership. I don't remember that. There is that, <laughs> there is that element of leadership that you would like to have back. But as you said, he's going to get a better offer from someone else, and he knows it. So it depends. I think the ball's in his court. Uh, Daniel Winnick, his claim to fame was that he helped the Caps get out of the horrendous Brooks-like contract. He was acquired at the trade deadline last season from the Toronto Maple Leafs. Came to the Capitals really 
didn't really seem to fit into the lineup all that well until about a month into this season when he really started to gel with the team. And I thought that fourth line started to look pretty good. Uh, but no goals in the postseason in his career, and that continued this year. 58 games. Tark, what do you think about Daniel Winnick's future in Washington? Well, again, I think he's another UFA that probably will mean more to another team. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, and, and when, when we look at all of these free agents, you got to remember that this is a team that needs to get a little younger, needs to get a little faster. You, you can't do it if you keep re-signing everybody, right? Again, and they need playoff performers. Um, 58 games, no goals, three points. I mean, this year, the fourth line, you know, got disrupted big time when they took Tom Wilson off it. It yes. got disrupted even more when they decided to go with uh, 7D. It was hard for that fourth line to develop yes. any sign. It was sort of consistency with a different they, line mate. They had a very sure. good they had a very good regular season. I mean, Daniel yeah. Winnick for the first time in his life got past 11 goals. Mm-hmm. Got 12 goals. Uh, you know, you got to look at age as well. You know, he's 32 years old. Um just turned 32. I I I think that, you know, penalty kill specialist, I mean, clearly was not one of Barry Trotz's favorites at least early on in the year. Remember he was scratched a lot and everyone was kind of wondering what was going on there. Again, I I, I think I think that a uh, good hockey player but is going to be able to fetch more elsewhere. I think for a team with cap constraints, an easy way to build the roster and and get around those struggles is building with young, cheap players. Daniel Winnick is neither of those things. Even $2.5 million? I believe it was $2.5 million this year as a fourth-line player. You know, I, I wouldn't say that's overpaid. That was about probably what he was worth. Yeah. But... If he gets a similar deal next year, that's just too much money than the than the Caps can afford for a fourth line player. It, it it's right. better for them to have a prospect there that they can add into that roster and just save the money because they're going to need that money. Carl Alsner, fan favorite, drafted by the Capitals, has spent his career as a Capital. But Tark, this may be maybe the end of Alsner's time here in Washington. Yeah, I I, I could certainly see that. You know, we talked to Carl Alsner on breakdown day, and uh, you you could hear in his voice how much he does is not looking forward to becoming a free agent. Yes, <laughs> this this is not one of the few that was not looking yeah. forward to the process. I mean, you know, most guys say, you know what, I want to see what I'm worth. I I I'm looking for you know Kevin Shattenkirk. I've earned this right. Mm-hmm. You know, we earn this right through collective bargaining, and I earn this right by getting old, by getting to 28 <laughs> years old. And let, you know, let, let's see what else is out there. Um, uh, Carl Alsner. You know, this is all he's ever known in Washington, D.C., uh, the Capitals. Uh, he and his wife, Mandy, bought a house here in Arlington. Both their kids were born here. They've put down roots. That said, uh, you know, I, I think that um, he's a he's a rock-solid hockey player that maybe didn't quite live up to number five overall pick. I'm not sure if that's fair. I think he's been a very solid, dependable solid, Dependable, durable. I mean, doesn't miss games. Right. I, I think... The only issue I've had with him is that he's a player of a different era. 20 years ago, he could be the best defenseman in the NHL, and that's just not the game, the way the game is played anymore. Okay. Yeah. And when you're not very fast and you have a, um, you know, a groin muscle that dogged you all year and you had yeah. surgery on last offseason, and you know, we didn't find out until afterward that he had a broken right hand that was pretty gruesome. Right. 
looking. Um, and that's why he was out. I, I know there was some speculation that, hey, he just wasn't playing well. Uh, yeah, he had a broken hand. Yeah. Um, which is why it's always smart <laughs> to, to, to wait <laughs> until, <laughs> until you see after the season right. um, you know, what, what people's situations are. And I think it's going to be tough. I, I think it's going to be tough. He did say that money's not everything to him. You know, maybe maybe he is a guy who can force his agent. We like it here. We're comfortable here. This team has a chance to win again. Let's let's stay. I think the Capitals, as I said before, are a team that needs to get younger and faster, mm-hmm. especially in the back end. Yep. And uh, again, I think they move on. The one scenario that I could foresee him returning is if he looks at what happened to Chris Russell last off season and says, "I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Just sign me to a deal." Because Chris Russell, we thought, would command big bucks on the market, ended up not getting a deal until basically almost the right before training camp started mm-hmm. and signed a one-year deal, I believe it was for $3.1 million, but not nearly what we projected him to make. Uh, he signed that with the Edmonton Oilers. You know, maybe Alsner wants to go that route, but he- here's the problem for the Capitals, who, as you said, need to get younger and faster. He's not young and he's not fast. Right. And when you've got a couple of prospects who could be making this roster or could be fighting to make this roster next year, I want two spots going to Brooks Orpik and Carl Alsner. I just I don't think that's the way this team should be made up next year. And so that would be a problem for me. Yeah, and you also gotta remember when you're talking about a twenty eight year old player like Carl Alsner, you know, experiencing uh free agency for the first time. when 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 you're when you're Brian McClellan and Don Fishman and you're going through, you're not just looking at next year, right? You're not just looking at next year. You're going, okay, if we sign this guy, then when's Lucas Johansson going to come in? When's yep. Madison Bowie going to come in? Like you have to, you have to plan for years down the road too. Yes. I mean, if you're locking up Carl Alzer to a five or six year deal, yeah, you can't. Yeah, then, I, then when, when when do all your first round picks that you that, right. when do they come up? You know? and, and that's another thing too. This this. You know, every every player has that big contract. This would be the year where Carl Alzner would look for that big contract. This is it. This is it. This is it. And maybe he can't get it, and maybe that's when he comes back to the caps and says, what, I will sign, you know, just give me a figure and I'll sign. But he's going to be looking for that big deal, and it's not going to come here because this team has prospects that they want to bring up, and they don't have the money to sign a slower player to a big deal. And then the last UFA... Kevin Shattenkirk, a trade deadline acquisition from the St. Louis Blues. Tark, you and I talked about how difficult it was for players to adjust to new teams. Right. Boy, was that evident with Kevin Shattenkirk, who I think is a very good player. Very, diff- very different defensive zone coverage schemes between the Blues and the Caps, and it took them a little while. And he's going to be one of the top free agents on the market yep. this offseason. He will be. And I know some Cats fans will scratch their heads and wonder how could that be, considering how he played in the playoffs, but he... It takes time to adjust to a team. He was trying to do it on the fly, and he was doing it without many minutes as the third pairing. He's a very good player, but someone that I don't think the Caps can afford. I, I think he's going to cost too much. Too and much. And I think that uh, he and John Carlson are too similar a player, and I think it's one or the other. Uh, it, it, you, you just don't need John Carlson and Kevin Shattenkirk, in my opinion. Right. Um, they're They're slightly redundant, in my opinion. And... Carlson's under contract for another year. Uh, Shattenkirk's going to get paid. Again, move on. I think I believe Kevin Shattenkirk, we know, rejected the deal to Tampa Bay earlier in the season, mm-hmm. and that deal was a long-term deal that would have paid him, I 
think seven million per year. It was a hefty. It, it, it was a big sign and trade. A hefty yeah. deal, and he rejected it. But, and you know, and and he's a guy, and he even he was less diplomatic than the other. Free no, he were. wants to be yeah. a free agent. He, he said, "I've waited this long. I might as well see." So the second he becomes uh, totally free. He's immediately priced out of the caps. He's, he immediately cost too much. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, it was a nice run, uh, and I, I had a I had a blast covering him. He was a good talker. He's a good talker. And he, I'll tell you, he's a fun player to watch, man. All, something's always happening when the puck's on his stick. But first, first player guest on this podcast, and to date only only player, player guest. guest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we'll be sorry to see him go, but yeah. he he's gone. Those are the UFAs. We're going to talk about the RFAs after a word from our sponsor. A couple clicks is all it takes to pay your bills, to share your thoughts, and now to share a ride. A couple clicks gives you more options to more places for free. Register to ride share today at commuterconnections.org or 800-745-RIDE. Try our new Carpool Now app too. Hey, Cats fans. We're back with the Capitals Face Off podcast. Now we're going to talk about the restricted free agents. Tarek. The biggest question mark, I think, among the restricted free agents. We're going to start with Brett Connolly. He's actually the only question mark because <laughs> if restricted free agents want to play hockey, they're going to play hockey here. Yes. So Restricted free agents do not have a whole lot of rights. Almost none. Almost none. Some of them have arbitration, yep. and that is about it. But if that team wants to keep you, that team is going to keep you. And for anyone wondering about the possible offer sheets that restricted free agents can sign, those are taboo. Taboo. You don't do it unless it's for an out-of-your-mind, fantastic player that screw the other general managers. If I can get this guy, I don't care if I'm a pariah. Brett Connolly's not that guy. Pariah. So Brett Conley, I think, is the biggest question mark. Did not play much in the playoffs. Did not. Tyre, is he back next year? Yes. I think he can bring him back. Yeah. I think he showed uh, that while he's not going to live up to the number six overall uh, draft pick, no, that he can be a competent, reliable player. They got off to a rough, a rough start. It was it was tough for him here uh, in October. He was November. shuffling a lot with Winnick and Sanford. Besides that, it just he he, he didn't see eye to eye with <laughs> with yes. he was on the same page <laughs> right. as what the coaching staff wanted from yes. him. Um, he eventually uh, stepped into a into a bigger role on the third line, uh, and that third line took off and carried the Capitals for a number of weeks, and. I don't know if it's, situ- if it's one of those situations where it's like, hey, let's get the band back together. That line, but it might be a situation where it's, hey, let's get the band back together. You know, I mean, that was a pretty good line, and maybe you can rekindle some of that in um, in seventeen eighteen. Uh, he's not going to cost you a whole lot of money. Uh, he made eight fifty last year. Uh, he is arbitration eligible. He did have a career year in terms of goals. Mm-hmm. He still is only twenty five years old. I-, I like his game. Mm-hmm. I like his game. And when he when he was feeling it there in January and February. He's a pretty dangerous player because you know what? He doesn't need a whole lot of he doesn't need he doesn't need a lot of shifts to produce. Right. And he's one of those guys who kind of he knows he's gonna get 13, 14, 15 shifts. And I better score in one of these or yeah. my butt might be out of the lineup uh, you know, next game. And that's why he plays so hard. And I, I think that, that that is a talent in and of itself to be able to produce in limited playing time and in you know intermittent playing time. Yes. I mean, there are times where you're you just get skipped. And you got to stay hot and di- and dialed in and, and warm and, and in the game. And that's not an easy thing to do. 
And because um, he doesn't play specialty teams, he doesn't play power play, he doesn't play penalty kill. Um, I, can, I think he comes back. I think the, I think he gets a two year deal. You know, in the low in the low one million dollar range. And um, their third line, left wing, right wing. For a Capitals team that with cap constraints that desperately needs more depth scoring, this is a slam dunk. He's going to be cheap, and he can score for you. The, the one issue I see with Connolly is that he is arbitration eligible, and I think if he goes to arbitration, he may get more, because he did have a good season. He had 15 goals and 8 assists in 66 games. That's solid Solid amount of work for considering the amount and of ten play. minutes a night. Yeah, so if he he is arbitration eligible, he may end up getting more money from that than he's worth to the Capitals, but pretty much more money than he's worth to the rest of the NHL too. So it may be smart for him to just sign a deal and not go to arbitration, uh, because I I think that two would be way 5. too expensive. Yeah, uh, I that that would be a perfect deal. Caps need the depth scoring, and he proved he can score with those intermittent. Minutes, as you yep. said, yep. slam dunk. Andre Burakovsky, top line Burakovsky, as we saw at the end of the postseason. Top line a guy who struggled at the beginning of the season. He scored the two goals against Pittsburgh, then fell hibernated for a few months there, was taken out as a healthy scratch for three games, immediately came back, scored, then suffered an injury, worked on his conditioning, came back, looked like a completely different player. So let this be a lesson to you, Burakovsky. Take the summer seriously. Work out. Come in condition, and you could have a big role on this team next year. And eat some cheeseburgers. Put on some weight. Get a little muscle on there. I, I think well, he's listed at one ninety eight. I'd be surprised if he's actually one ninety eight. Um, some of that is just going from you know young man strength to to big to older man strength. Mm-hmm. You know the difference. I, you, you, I looking at your forearms. You, you, I can tell you, you didn't really do a whole lot of. Lifting. Yeah, but as 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 you as you uh, as athletes mature, they just get upper body girth and strength. I and played football, by the way, for my high school team. I will have you know. Were you the long snapper? <laughs> Free safety. What? Yep. You were roaming around back there with with no one behind you. You were playing <laughs> one, the deep middle. One career interception. <laughs> <laughs> nice, 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 nice. Yeah, um, those were the days. <laughs> I was an outside linebacker, and I was terrible. Uh, and also a wingback. Football I was not my hands. best sport. It was, it was not mine sure. either. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I think Andre has a world of potential. I, I, I love his game. I love his, and, I, I love his attitude. Sorry, let, let me clarify. Uh, Brett Connolly was the only question mark. Pretty much every restricted free agent we're talking from here on is not if the Caps will resign yeah, him, but just, how much. Yeah, and where they fit in. Yeah, Andre Burkowski's coming back next yeah, year. no doubt about it. Doesn't have arbitration rights because mm-hmm. of his age. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if he takes it seriously and decides that he wants to become the best Andre he can become, this dude <laughs> this dude is a 25-goal scorer. Yeah. He's got that talent. Yep. Maybe even better. Might, might have a couple of years of 28, 30 goals. Um. I uh, can play on the power play. Uh, great shot, great wheels, a lot of energy. Fun guy to be around. The players love him. The bench. I mean, he he brings energy and enthusiasm to that bench. He needs to work on his shot blocking form. Maybe keep his hands like yeah, keep his hands to it. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but but again, I, I I think he's got a bright future, and I think he's one of those guys that the Caps need to step up. He's yes. going to be one of those players who, even in his, you know, he's going to get a two year bridge deal. I, I shouldn't say I, this is just speculation. You know, I would say a bridge deal two years. Uh, you know, uh, 
at a decent amount of money, but not big. So he, again, will count as a guy who is not counting huge against your cap, but you need big production from him. Yes. So he's going to be one of those guys where you're going to need 25 goals from a $2 million player. Yep. Because every team has to have a few of those guys, and he's one of those guys next year. And, you know, you play well for two years, and you come out on the other side, and you're 24 years old, and you've got a 25 and a, and a, and a 30 goal season under your belt, then you get paid. Yeah. Um, he's someone he that still the, might even be restricted at the yeah. end of that. He needs to be, he needs to have a breakout year. Uh, the Capitals, at the end of the day, they may not do it, but they need to. Ovechkin probably should be a second line player next year. Uh, I'm sorry, that's Father Time is undefeated. And Burkowski showed immediately, immediate spark on that first line. I'm not, maybe he's not ready for the top Whoa. line right away. You're calling him first line Berkey, like to start next year. I wouldn't mind seeing that. Okay, I wouldn't mind seeing that right. if he comes into camp conditioned, which, as you know, has it, been an issue. It's been two years of not great starts. So he needs to he needs to come ready to play, and this this could be a breakout year for him for sure. Uh, now the big player, he plays great. He plays great with uh, with Nicholas too. Yes, he does. He plays great with him. Now the player that's going to cost a lot of money. And there's nothing the Caps can do about it. They're just going to have to grin and bear it. Evgeny Kuznetsov. Well, I think he helped them out a little bit with the year he had. Uh, he had an outstanding January. Wasn't very good in October and November and December. The concern is he showed in 15-16 that he can be a impact player, like a top-line impact player when he had 20 goals and 57 assists for 77 points. And then last year, it dropped down to 59 points, um, just 19 goals, and uh, just 40 assists. I mean, it was, he, he had a nice recovery, but there were times where, you know, you could send a search party. We are considering sending out a search party for, for, for young Kuzi. I mean, he, didn't, he did not have a great start to the year. The January that he had was one of the best Januaries I can remember. I mean, he, he was, was the best player in the league. I think he was the, wasn't he the NHL? He was the top, top, top first star, star, first star January. of January. Yes. He was outstanding. Yep. Uh, he was one of the best players in the playoffs, and that was a big criticism coming into these po- into this postseason. Was you know where did where did he go last year? Mm-hmm. And he showed that he can he can his game does translate to the yes. postseason. That was big for me. He played great in the playoffs. I think he did overall though cost himself a little bit of money. A little bit. Uh, twenty five years old now. Uh, turned twenty five. Oh, just a couple days ago. Ninth. But yeah, no, so he's not a bridge deal guy. No, he's he's he's, he's you get him for as long as you can. Um, uh, maybe buy out a year of his UFA. Um, you know what's keeping Brian McClellan up at night? Mm. He has very similar production to Johnny Goudreau. Johnny Goudreau just signed a hefty deal last summer. Right. Hefty deal. Right. And I believe they're the same age, too. Yep. If you, I, I think... And if you gave me a choice of one or the other, I'd take Koozie. Yeah. It, I, I think what Goudreau is six point five, something like that. It is a hefty it was a, it was a it was a mammoth deal. It was a mammoth deal and Kuzi may be coming to the cats with his hand out and there's not as I said, there's nothing you can do about it. You a a budding top line center, you gotta you gotta pay him his money. Uh, yes, so here it is. Uh, forty million dollars over one, two, three, four, five, six seasons. So six point seven five. Yeah, that is so, a big deal. A um, couple summers ago, my son was playing summer hockey with a traveling all-star team. We were we were playing a tournament in New Jersey, and this guy walks by, and it said Coach Goudreau on his on his jacket. And I 
turned to someone who, you know, kind of a local there. I was like, is that, that's not Johnny Goudreau's dad. He goes, yeah, it is. That's coach Goudreau. I was like, really? So, um, so my kid's team played against his, you know, he was the head coach of the other team. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the result. I think we lost by a goal or two. It was a very good game. Um, but afterwards in the handshake line, coach Goudreau like gave a compliment to every single, at that point, the kids knew that, Hey, that's Johnny's dad. Like someone, yeah. someone had told them he gave each one a compliment and like kind of patted them on the helmet as they went through the handshake line. And uh, I just meant a lot to the kids, you know, yeah. and I remember talking, I, cool. I, remember, I remember asking my son, I was like, what did he say? He said, man, you were really fast out there, but you got to use that speed a little more on the, on the outside or you know, something like that. And I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Very cool. Yeah. If you want to know why the Caps are in such dire straits when it comes to their cap, cap uh, issues, it's because they could be paying Kuznetsov $6.75 million next year. Let's move on. Wow. Let's move on to the you, always. You, you really think it's going to be that high? I don't think it'll be that high because I don't think he means as much to the Capitals as Johnny Goudreau means to the Flames. But I think we're talking six, six point five. Yeah. Let's talk about the always happy and cheerful Nate Schmidt, who probably earned himself a top four role next season, considering how he played in the playoffs. Assuming it's it's impossible to predict what might come in, what might leave, but assuming the guys who are on the contract right now, mm-hmm. your top four is nine and two. Uh, is, is nine Niskanen is two and, top pair. Orlov, that's your number one and number two. Yeah, and your number three and number four are what Carlson See, and Schmidt. This is the problem because they're very similar players, Carlson and Schmidt though. But as mm-hmm. I've said before, I think Carlson gets traded because you got four guys that you need to protect at the Vegas draft, and so you got to get rid of one of those guys. Okay, so I'm, I'm I I'm gonna go with I will put I'm gonna go with Schmidt and Carlson being I'll put your Schmidt second pair and to be decided one. as the second pair. All right, okay. Dmitry Orlov, of course, will be back. He will be probably top pairing, as we just said. Niskin and Orlov, he proved he was worth it this year for sure. Cut down on those turnovers a lot. Played a fantastic year for the Caps. I thought him yeah. and him and Niskanen were the best pairing, and they even. Even when Trotz shuffled things in the postseason, that pair never changed. So yep. I, they're going to be that top pair next year for sure. Phil although, Gr- although he needs a contract too, number nine. Yeah, Phil Grubauer, the best, arguably the best backup in the NHL this season. Probably ready to maybe start somewhere. Could that place be Vegas? Perhaps, but but if not, he's going to be in the Caps plans next season because he's a restricted free agent, and the Caps are going to try to win, going to try to keep. Fighting in the Stanley Cup, look at the Pittsburgh Penguins. They showed how important that dependable backup is. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. Every team in the league thinks they're losing their backup, their young backup goaltender to, to Vegas. The one thing that makes me think that it's possible with um, our young German friend is the fact that Dave Pryor is the goalie coach in Vegas. He recommended him to George McPhee who drafted him with the mm-hmm. Capitals, and what does George McPhee do? He's the general manager of Vegas. So they already know everything they need to know about Philip Grubauer. They know how he was brought up. They know his makeup. Um, they've watched him. George, how many times was McPhee in the press box this year? He probably saw a few of uh, He was there starts. a good amount. Good amount. Um, so something tells me that unless Vegas is able to finagle a proven number one goaltender. And there are going to be some guys who are going to be available. Uh, I could see them grow with Grubauer. 25 years old, best backup in the league, has some international experience. And, you know, 
the Capitals can't sign everybody. <laughs> so that's true. Yeah. Speaking of everybody, there are also a handful of free agents from Hershey, including Phoenix Copley, Stan Galliev, Garrett Mitchell, Liam O'Brien, Chandler Stevenson, Nathan Walker, Travis Boyd, and Christian Jews. Many of those guys are going to be back next year, and we will talk a little bit more about those prospects. Right after a word from our sponsor. A couple clicks is all it takes to pay your bills, to share your thoughts, and now to share a ride. A couple clicks gives you more options to more places for free. Register to ride share today at commuterconnections.org or 800-745-RIDE. Try our new Carpool Now app too. Hey, Cast fans, and welcome back to the Capitals Face-Off podcast. Tark. There are plenty of prospects in the NHL. We talked about how the Caps are going to need to bolster their roster. Who do you think could be on this team next year from the ranks of Hershey? I, I, I think that if you look at the way this team is structured, and we've talked about how they've, um, you know, they're up they're going to be up against the cap once they get pretty much just their RFA signed. They're going to rely on some young players next year. I yep. think more so than. Uh, they have in, in recent years. And I think um, Madison Bowie jumps to mind, right-handed defenseman. I think he probably would have seen some time here this year. Without the lacerated ankle. Without yes. the lacerated ankle that cost him a couple of months. I mean, that was kind of a freak injury. Um, I mean, a really freak injury. I actually talked to him right after it happened. Uh, I was down in Hershey uh, for one of my son's games, and I, I um, and ended up talking to him, and he was like, I mean, it was like a one-in-a-million chance of this happening. So... Um, full recovery. Uh, the the organization thinks pretty highly of his game. Uh, he's got some maturing to do. Yeah, but I I think uh, I think you'll see him. Um, I think uh, it's it's going to be an opportunity for for Jacob Verano. Yes, this is his time to prove himself. I, I, I he did not have a great playoff run with the Hershey with Bears. Hershey. Yeah, I think that it's kind of put up or shut up time for him. Uh, he got a handful of games, what, a dozen games or so last year with the Capitals. Uh, you know, had some games where he looked like he belonged. Had some games where you were wondering what he was doing over there. Um, <laughs> uh, got a lot of skill. Got great wheels. Great wheels. And, like, again, we've talked about this team. Incredibly fast. This team's got to get younger and it's got to get faster. Yep. Uh, he's one of those guys who can bring some of that. Um, I don't think he's a guy who's going to contribute much on the third and fourth line. I think he's a guy you got to put in your top six. It may be hard squeezing them there into okay, the top six right, right now. Yeah, well, right he, away, you might have to. You might have to. You know, yeah. I mean, we got a long time here to kind of see what happens yeah. in terms of where holes might open. But he's someone who can't cycle between the, the NHL and AHL next year. He's got to be they. He's got to be an NHL player. And whatever deficiencies there are to his game, they got to work through those here. And in Washington. 21 games, three goals, three assists. Yeah. He's got to be in Washington. It's time for him to to produce. Because clearly, I think there's no question part of the problem in Hershey is that he had his taste of the NHL. He knows he's about NHL ready. And he's just mentally checked out of the AHL. Well, I'll tell you this. It's got to be pretty hard to go from having catered meals on a private jet <laughs> to eating Hardee's right, yeah. riding on the Peter Pan. Right. You know, I mean, it's, those are two different worlds. Yeah, uh, for sure. Some guys can handle it better than others. Um, some guys just need to be challenged. It's not just the lifestyle, but also just challenged on the ice. And once you kind of get to the point where it's like, all right, 
I'm better than every fool on this. Yeah, <laughs> on this yeah, ring with me. Like it, it can get a little frustrating. And and you can see it from from the highlights. He's better than just about everyone on that ice. But the reason why he can't stay in the lineup is because he can't keep his head on straight because he's bored with playing with the, in the AHL. Well, you you hope it's just being bored with playing yeah. in the AHL and not just kind of aloof and indifferent because we've seen that before too. Yeah. So and um, there, yeah, and and the the one problem I could foresee. He's not great defensively, mm. and we know how much that matters to Barry Trotz. But you got to keep this guy in the lineup. You got to let him play through his his issues and get better because the skill is undeniable. Yeah, I, I think Chandler Stevenson's a guy that you know. Um, I've never been all that impressed with Chandler Stevenson. Good wheels, good hands. I mean, it, you know, he's a guy who's going to get a chance. I think um, in 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 camp to show what he can do. Uh, um. You know, kind of scrolling down the the list here. I mean, Riley Barber. Did, <clears throat> Riley Barber. Did, does he get a few games? It wouldn't surprise me. The Capitals are going to. I if Daniel Winnick is gone, as we suspect he is, the Capitals have a spot on that fourth line, and I think right now, if I had to guess, I would say that spot goes to Riley Barber. What about Nathan Walker? Nathan Walker. I, okay, I'll make this prediction right now. Nathan Walker becomes the first Australian to play an NHL game this year. I don't think he stays in the NHL long term, but I will say I was very impressed with him in the preseason last year. Mm-hmm. I thought he played very well, mm-hmm. and I definitely believe he will get a few games this year. Do I think he will be a 50-60 game player this season? No. I think Riley Barber has that potential, but we see we will see Nathan Bar- Nathan Walker this season. Yeah, I, I, I think you will you will see him at some point as a fill-in. Uh, Travis Boyd? Travis guy. Boyd is interesting to me because he puts up so many good numbers in Hershey. He looked very good for most of the year, but he could not get a call-up in Washington. What Do they see something that they're not happy with? They like him to be faster. And probably and bigger. Right. And I'm not, I'm not sure at, at his age you're going to yeah. really fix either one of those two things. Right. Um. Uh. Yeah, I. I mean, they've got some other youngsters in in the pipeline that I think we're all going to be curious to see. You know how they fit in. You know the Lucas Johansons of the world. He's uh, Ilias, it's too uh, early San, to talk about. off. You know, yeah. uh, Jonas Siegenthaler. There's some other players out there who I think are you know who are going to be taking another step towards right. You know that next line, <laughs> that next front of players coming through. Um. um Edge, you mentioned Madison Bowie. I think he has a full-time roster spot next year. The guy I'm interested in a little bit, Christian Jews. He's had a very good season. He's got very good skill. You know the Caps are impressed with his skill. The problem is that guy... I went guy, down to Hershey just to watch him and yeah. some of the other top guys, and he had just taken like a puck off the face the yeah. previous night, and I didn't get <laughs> so disappointed. I think the, the but, but they talked for, Troy Mann spoke very highly of him. He, he he's, he's got to put on some pounds, though. Yeah. He's got to build some muscle because I believe Not coming in guy. coming into the season he was listed at 160. That's, I mean, can you imagine Christian a 160 defenseman playing against like Milan Lucic? That would be a tough, tough matchup. Milan Lucic, how about just getting forechecked by TJ Oshie at 180? Yeah, in fact, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, and anybody else? Oh, one one more guy that I wanted to mention who suffered an unfortunate injury. If Philip Grubauer is gone next year, I think Phil, uh, Phoenix Copley could get a look as the backup. I know he's a he's a unrestricted free agent, but... And he spells his name wrong. 
Yes, he does. Yeah, it trips me up every time. I know. The E before the O. Oh. It's insane. Uh, I think he played fantastic in Hershey this year. Was absolutely fantastic. Good player. He's a good player. Good player. But you hope that injury is not a long term. Yeah, happened to have a muscle pulled off the bone yeah. <laughs> in the playoffs, which just hurts just thinking about it. But the indication is that he would be ready for the start of the next season. Everyone's ready for the start of the next season until they're not. So yes. I'll, I'll believe so I see it. It's an unfortunate time to have yeah. that injury when you're at the end of an expiring contract. But yeah. Maybe we'll see that. I mean, I'll tell you this: they thought enough of him to make sure that he was included in that deal. Yes. Yeah. They didn't. They didn't like giving him up the first time. Yep. And usually, when a when a when an organization brings you back and you're still a youngster, yep, it's because it's because they regretted giving you up the first time. Yes. Sorry, and now, uh, full disclosure: we are recording this before Game Six between the Predators and Ducks. So as of right now, the Ducks have been pushed to the brink, and the Senators have been pushed to the brink. Tark, what are your thoughts on what's going on around the NHL? <laughs> it's awesome, man. I love it. This is the best time of year. You wish the Capitals were still playing. Uh, you see the Penguins get housed every, you know, um, uh, early in the series, and you're like, oh, why can the Capitals be doing that? But then they they bounce right back. I mean, they're they got championship pedigree, man. Yeah. Um, that SmackDown that they administered the other night. That was what something the? else. <laughs> that oh my was gosh! Unbelievable, man. Yeah. Um, uh, the the move to Matt Murray. I mean, I gotta give props to Sullivan. Not yeah. many people would have made that move. That's a gutsy, gutsy move. Yeah, it's a tough move to make, especially from what I hear and from what I've read. You know, Mark Andre is so popular, is so popular in that room, and it probably wasn't a very popular decision. But right. I mean, it's paying off. I I I, I thought for a while. That Ottawa was going to be representing the East in the Stanley Cup Final. They were the better team through three games. Yeah, I thought they were going to be the Eastern Conference rep. But you know what? Uh, it just goes to to show you you don't bet against Sidney Crosby. I mean, he he no. he uh, he brings another level in the playoffs. He brings his teammates level up. You probably don't want to hear this, but he's the best player in the world and has been for a long time. Yes, and I think I think. Um, I think Pittsburgh advances. I the other series has been more fascinating to me. It's been better hockey to me. Been better hockey, but I think there's also a clear one team has also clearly had the better of the other team, and that's Nashville. Yeah, Nashville is clearly a better team there, but no Ryan Johansson. That hurts. That hurts. That does hurt a lot. Uh, you know, out for the remainder of the playoffs with acute. Compartment, compartment syndrome. syndrome. Yeah. I remember when Dennis Weidman had that here in Washington. Someone showed me a picture of his thigh. <laughs> I almost hurled. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, you don't ever want to see. If, if anyone says, "Hey, do you want to see pictures of Lucas uh, of uh, Ryan Johansson?" They go, "No, I do not." <laughs> Under any circumstances, I do not want to see compartmental compartment syndrome. It's disgusting. Hmm. Um, glad to see that he had uh, is going to make a full recovery, but that's a huge loss. Uh, you know, and Mike Fisher has been out too. So they've been out without their top two centermen, you know, and, and they still won them. I mean, I, the one thing I like about Nashville, first of all, I like David Poyle. He was kind of the GM of Fantastic. My, he was the general manager of my youth yes. here in Washington, yes. you know, following the Capitals. Fantastic so I love watching him do well. Um, I also love the fact that the way he's built this team, I mean, it took kahunas to make those two <laughs> trades. I mean... <laughs> You're you're trading you're trading Jones for Johansson, and then you're trading Weber 
for Subban, I mean, that, those are two of the biggest. The, both trades, okay, like, I don't get very excited about trades involving teams that I don't cover. Yeah. But I will tell you both times when I saw each one of those deals, I went, holy, you know what? Like, oh, my God, they just re- this really just happened? Yep. And until Johansson got hurt, those Weber, I mean, I'm sorry, Subban and, and Johansson were the, the two players who were carrying Nashville. I, mean, I guess Bob Pecorini hasn't been too bad either. Um, uh, you know, uh, and Roman Josie. I mean, there was, there were a lot of really good players there. But, I mean, those two guys were, you know, kind of the centerpieces among the forwards and defense, respectively. I mean, right. so I don't think the Ducks are going to come back here. I, I, I do like the fact they are just some angry old men. I just, I, I, I like their composition. Yeah. I like Corey, I've always liked Corey Perry's game. I've always liked Ryan Getzlaff's game. I, I, I just, I just, I like I like the way they're constructed. I think the new and improved Randy Carlisle is is getting the most out of this. <laughs> is getting the most out of this group. Um, I, I don't know. I I uh, I, I, I think we're going to see a Pittsburgh Nashville final, which is going to be pretty awesome because we know how the Pittsburghians is that a word. Uh, Pittsburghers. I don't know. I'm not sure what they are. Pittsburghers. I, like I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I like if that's not what that's they're not, called. That's not a put. That's not a put down. I just don't know. If that's not what they're called, that should be what they're called. <laughs> Pittsburghers. So, Pittsburgh. I like that. So, um, those are two towns. I mean, Nashville, not traditional hockey town. No. But they have. I mean, did you see like the pictures of them or the video of them this morning? Or I think it was on this morning uh, when they're coming back. Coming back the from the airport. Yeah. That was insane. Could you imagine Caps fans doing that at Dulles Airport? Yeah. I mean. I, that's an awesome setup there too. It's right off of Broadway. It is a great because I went there this year. The, what, what game did you see? Caps. Caps. Oh, was it Caps? Yeah. So I went there last year. My son had a tournament down there, and the Predators somehow hooked our whole team up with tickets. Wow. To see the Blues, and they let the boys come downstairs and fist bump the players. On the way Very to the ice cool. for the start of the game, so so there, wow. there's like a lot of arenas that now that have like a VIP area downstairs, but the players actually walk out of the locker room and then walk past you. So the usher or the you know, the, the the PR person, whoever was shuffle you know chauffeuring us around, they brought the boys right to the front of the line, like pushed everyone else out of the way and put us to the front of the line, and so the kids just all stuck their fists out, and so you know they, they all right. they all are walking by, bam, 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 bam. And I remember James Neal kind of like was doing it a little harder than the others, and the boys loved it because they were like, "Oh my God, that was James Neal!" So, um, two, had great seats. There's not a bad seat in that house because it's a small arena, right? Yeah, yeah. And Caps fans are going to hate me for telling the story, and you probably heard me tell it on Twitter. But you know what happened? So this was Blues at Pan- at um, Predators. You know what happened in the second period? Philip Forsberg scored three straight goals. Yeah, a natural hat trick. Everyone in our group was a native Washingtonian. Yep. You should have seen. There were 12-year-old boys that were about to start crying. <laughs> they were like, that's the guy we traded. Oh, yeah. He just scored three goals. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the only other time I've seen, I've seen the Predators in a non-working situation where I was there as a fan, he scored in that game too. Of course. He, he never he never stopped <laughs> scoring. It is infuriating. He scores in our nightmares. <laughs> I, I know. But you know what's a dream come true? Oh, no. Commuter connections. <laughs> a couple clicks is all it takes to save time and money on your commute. Scheduled or on demand, it's free at commuterconnections.org or 800-745-RIDE. The Carpool Now app is now available. Tariq, this has been a super long podcast, but I think it's been super informative. I've had to go to the bathroom for the last hour and six minutes. Good to know. 
This has been another edition of the Capitalist Faceoff Podcast. If you like the podcast, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Audio Boom, Google Play, Stitcher, and anywhere podcasts are available. Give us a good rating and a good review, and we will read it on an upcoming podcast. Guys, we may be in the off-season, but there's still plenty of podcasts to listen to. We will be here each and every week. He is Tarek Al-Bashir, the Capitalist Insider. I am your host, Snow White. Capitalist correspondent, J.J. Regan. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in. Snowflake. (laughs) (laughs) See ya.